This podcast is sponsored by Grippable, the measurable mobile and motivating device for weakened hand and arms. Bringing some serious fun to your rehab with Grippable. Visit www.grippable.co to buy or try now or email Grippable's friendly team at hello at grippable.co. suffered a stroke in 2013 um, which paralyzed the hole on my left side the process of recovery I, I, I still say to everybody it still hasn't finished because my speech is still my thought process and my speech is still not 100% you take this for granted coordination is absolutely unbelievably solid to get hold of again because it was just so difficult to time the passing them your foot to the ball and I remember I remember doing some keep me up keep me ups in the garden and I was thinking I can't do this here Probably for me, the proudest moment of my England career, getting told you're going to be the captain, the future captain of your country. I just thought. Hello, welcome back to the SR Times podcast. I'm lucky enough to be joined today with captain of England's cerebral palsy team, Mr. Matt Crossan. Matt, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. Pleasure to be here. So we'd like to start the pods just getting to know our guests a little bit better. So if you'd like to just give a introduction of yourself, who you are and how you've ended up where you are. Yeah, my name is Matt Crossan. I'm the England CP football captain. Um, that's cerebral palsy um, for anyone who know, doesn't know the abbreviations. Um, yeah, I got into uh, CP football. Um, I suffered a stroke in 2013, um, which paralysed the hole on my left side. Um, got it back to the point where... Um, it's just pins and needles constantly now on my left side. Um, and just live to uh, just live to deal with it, really. Um, I mean, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me football-wise because it's spiralled my career, took them off one track, put them on another one, and I'd never played for England otherwise. And obviously I'm privileged to say I play for England and, you know, I, I captain the country as well. So it's uh, it, it's it's a mixed emotion sort of thing. So we'll talk a little bit about your playing career before before the stroke. How how was it going? What kind of level were you playing at? So I mean, I played at Northern League Division One at the time with Mask United. Um, so it was a good standard, um, good standard for academies and stuff to be involved with. And then it, uh, I worked in a gym at the time, and I just remember um, doing a talk on how doing certain things can stop you having strokes, heart attack, diabetes. Um, and that that was that was how it went really. That was my day to day things. Um, but football wise, yeah, I played for them. Played for Mask. Um, I was athletic. I mean, um, that season it happened. I hadn't missed a minute of every game. So I played in the FA Cup, bars, everything, the league. I think I was the only player to, um, obviously not not miss any minutes. So it was a bit of a. I don't know. Was that was that a factor of it? Maybe, but I'm not sure. But yeah, that, that 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 was me playing career up to it. Um, obviously, previously I had the opportunities to go and train with academies. Um, foolishly, I'd left different clubs and not being able to get in touch. Um, but yeah, that that was it. Growing up, really. Um, and that was it, up to the point of my stroke. So the stroke happened in twenty thirteen. What can you like remember from around the time of the stroke? What happened? Well, I mean. 
obviously not to scare anyone or anything like that. But um, I mean, in a game, bef- a game about two weeks before my stroke, I got a clip to the nose and it separated underneath my nose and I had to go and get it glued. So I just remember, honestly, mate, before my stroke, I just felt so lethargic for about 10 days. Um, couldn't really... I, yeah, just like relaxed, so relaxed, and I don't, I don't know what it was. Like I couldn't, I was getting a few like, like sensitive to light as well, and it was bright lights where I work, but it was really sensitive at times, and I'd, I'd be squinting most of the, most of the nights when the lights were on, um, and I didn't really think of anything else about it really. Obviously, I didn't expect a stroke, and then I'd gone to a a, a, a college to speak about how having a stroke can affect your your life. Um, uh, Bad diet affects your life, having a stroke, diabetes, and etc. And I remember sitting down and I had my left arm just basically like that. And I didn't, it felt like it was up in the air, like above my head. That's how, that's how weird it was. And I got a little tingle just behind it was me right, my right ear, just behind my right ear. Um, and then all of a sudden, just the corner of my eyes, I could just see out of them and it just went blurry. Um, but I mean, I wish I could say, honestly. I was, I, it was this, it was that, but it was, I felt like just as you're about to go to sleep on a night, the best way to describe it is when you're nodding off and you're just nice and relaxed and you, you, you calm, your breathing's nice and calm and you think, oh, lovely. That, that I didn't obviously think, oh, lovely, but that was exactly how I felt. I just felt so calm and relaxed and everybody panicked and rushing by me trying to get me sorted and stuff. And I was just not, not away with the fairies, but just, you know, just nice and relaxed, and it was it was weird. It was weird, so weird. So, when you come round from it after, how how long was your recovery process? I mean, the fact that you've you've had it and then getting back to playing football is amazing. So, what what was your recovery process like? Um, well, obviously, it's we learn to walk, talk, read and write, brush your teeth. Um, just put one foot into the other, in front of the other was about the first day, but I was quite motivated because I knew if I could walk, I'd be able to run. And I don't know, why, I don't know why, but I just thought that it was just my setting my goal really. Um, but yeah, it was just learning to do everything again, and that was that. That was the hard part, knowing that I have to do it all again. What you get taught as a baby to do, do it as you know, a twenty-three year old lad. I was thinking, oh, I'll, surely I'll be able to do this because I kept myself fit anyway. And yeah, I was in intensive care for the night. On the on the night it happened, and then I um, so that was the eleventh and the twelfth, and then uh, I was out onto the ward, then I got I was out out of hospital after six uh, about a week, um six nights, and I think the seventh day I was obviously pushing and pushing to get home because I just wanted to go home, um but yeah uh about a week really turn around. And I mean the the process of recovery. I, I still say to everybody, it still hasn't finished because my speech is still, my thought process and my speech is still not hundred percent. And obviously the pins and needles, I just can't feel my left arm and my left leg. Um, although I can feel them to a point, but it's the nerves and everything. It's all it's all like reversed sort of thing. And that's, so take, that, that was it. that was basically it, really. So with this. The, the, cere- the cerebral palsy what was it like kind of was it obviously with the, the numbness and everything was it like you were having to learn how to play football again like yeah or- well I mean the cerebral palsy is just that's what the uh, the sport is 
people were born with cerebral palsy, but it obviously umbrella strokes and brain injuries. And I was fortunate, obviously, to get into it. But football, yeah, once I started walking and running again, the court, no, you take this for granted, coordination is absolutely unbelievably solid to get hold of again because it was just so difficult to time the passing, your foot to the ball. And I remember, I remember doing some keep me up, keep me ups in the garden, and I was thinking, can't do this here, can't do this. It was so hard, and I just couldn't couldn't get my timing right. But then, I don't know. I I, I remember going on a run. I went on a, a run. It was only a short little run, and I was knackered, and I came back home. And then, uh, I was just passing a ball, and because I, I wasn't thinking about it, it was just coming fine. It it was all all starting to come back. It wasn't brilliant, but it was coming back, and I wasn't thinking about it. But I think that was the main part of it, just having to overthink things and and worrying about whether I'm going to get it back had a bit of a, a detrimental effect, I think. So with cerebral palsy, palsy what's kind of like the daily challenges you face? Um, well, I mean, with having obviously the, the stroke or the, the symptoms of what I've got left for the, the, the leftovers from that is probably, it's, it's just obviously... Uh, the left side of my body, it it just whereas fully able, it's you don't have the the issues of just random pains or aches or you don't have a a cold or heat sensitive side sort of thing. Whereas mine is anything cold, it's like you're touching. The best way to put it is if you touch something that's scalding, you immediately have that knee jerk reaction. If I touch something that's freezing on my left side, I have that exact same reaction. However, if something's red hot, it's fine. I can't. I can't really feel it to a point when it's absolutely crippling my mind. But it's, uh, yeah, that that's basically it. Um, I get the odd pain and tingle on the side of my head, and that obviously I panic. But that's just. It's. I was told after that the, the surgeons and the 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 specialists had told me it's just nerves trying to fire up, and it's just it's just that their way of trying to sort of regenerate. But obviously my nerves are. I think are a bit fried after it. But yeah, I mean, my challenges. Speech is a challenge every day, really. Um, and yeah, it's it's always in the back of my head, my, my head, the stroke, regardless of where I am or what I'm doing. I'll always think about it, and I'll think yeah, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But it's also, you know, I always have that worry. So, how how did you come to being involved with the England setup? Um, so I it, I was in te- I was in a supermarket shopping. And I got a phone call from the Mask United chairman who rang me, Peter Collinson at the time, and he said, um, believe it or not, I've had, I've had a person from the FA in England want to take you for a trial. So obviously, if you got this phone call, any any lad would be like, what? You wanted me up? So we were. Just, I was just like, what? I said, are you sure? Are you sure? And he said, no, no, I'm deadly serious. So anyway, I, I can't remember that. I put it down as a joke and like I was like, yeah, 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 sort of thing. But then he rang me back and I was like, really? He was like, yeah, 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 I'll pass you his number now. So I rang him and it was his, it was Jeff Davis who was the head of the, the disability side of the FA. And he, he, it was his, his wife answered and then put him on and he was like, oh, Matt, blah, blah, blah. I, um, I've heard about your story. We want to come and we want to basically classify you. So that's what you've got to go through to qualify the player. So you get cl- classified at an elite at the elite performance, see if you can perform sort of thing and what category you'd be in. And uh, anyway, the came I, I had a, my first ever game back since the stroke was at Nunthorpe, which isn't too far from me. 
um, just outside of Middlesbrough, and he, uh, he he sent a scout, which was Acer, down to have a look and test me. And he said, oh, yeah. And that was it. Heard nothing of it. Acer came. I had a talk to me and my granddad about it. And then uh, about two or three days later, they just said, yeah, um, we'd like to inv- invite you down to a trial at St. George's Park. So obviously me and my granddad travelled down um, absolutely buzzing, told all the lads they were chuffed. And uh, yeah, went and trained. And obviously, the, well, the rest is history, really. So, and then to be made captain as well, how, yeah. how what, what was that like when you, when, well, how, how was that I talk? Well, previously, um, my, my good friend was the captain, Jack Rutter, and um, he'd been classified. He, he, he was on about class, getting classified out. They, they classified him out of the sport. Um, so then there was a bit of a discussion. It was a massive shock to us. And then uh, there was a discussion behind the scenes. I don't know what was said or anything like that. But anyway, I remember Andy Smith, who's the current manager of uh, the, the side now, he um, he just pulled me one side and just said, look, we've all had a talk. Um, obviously, we've, we've all come to the conclusion we want you to select you as captain. So I was like, Phew. obviously, and then spoke to Jack about it and did like a little handover thing, which was lovely at St. George's Park. Um, but yeah, it was probably for me the proudest moment of my England career, getting told you're going to be the captain, the future captain of your country. I just thought, Phew. unbelievable. I'd captained them. I'd captained us in a side when we went to Holland just as a friendly. Um, and then obviously what happened with Jack and then I offic- I was a- officially made it, yeah. So that was a yeah, dream come true, really. Just uh, it is, it's, it, it's something special. I couldn't imagine, mate. Obviously being from Newcastle, I'm football mad. Like, yeah. Uh, so being in and around like St. James, uh, St. George's Park and... Whilst doing me research, I've seen that you know you've met Harry Kane. Harry Kane's like mes- mentioned you in conversation. What what's that like? Like being involved in such like, well, just in the England camp, really. Yeah, it's good, mate. It's it's really good. I mean, in, inclusion for like the parasite was never a big thing years ago. When I first started out, it was on the rise, but I know lads who've been in the setup and it wasn't. And uh, now it's it, the the more or less you know the the, the lionesses started where no one really knew of the lionesses and they were just sort of like, oh no, no one really knows anyone. So it doesn't matter. It's all it's all the men's team sort of thing. But now with the Paris sports coming up, it's just brilliant because you're not an household a household name as such, but people recognise you and people say say, Oh, I saw you with this, oh, I saw you with that, oh good luck, blah, blah, blah. And that's just for for our sport, not just as you as a player, for our sport, for people to know that there's a sport, there's para sports out there for anyone who are disabled or the bad strokes or they're in a wheelchair or anything like that. There's para sports out there, so that's huge. Obviously, the deaf men are doing adverts now with BT with the England players, um, with the senior side, um, and it's good to see them on adverts because then people are aware of them that side as well. So it is. It's. I would say it's probably one of the best things that's happened to the, the sport at the minute. Um, it's on the rise. And it, the exposure, it's continuous. It's ne- It's always been gradual towards tournament in the past. But this time, when we, we haven't got, we, we're on a, we're just ramping up towards the tournament. But even before that, when it was a quiet time, we were just training, ticking over. There's constant press and media to do because they're keeping you in the limelight because there's that much interest generated from it now. Um, 
but yeah, it is. It's uh, it's really good, especially because me, the likes of uh, Harry and um, a few of the other lads, uh, Callum Wilson, uh, he's from up here. He's playing for your lads at the minute. Yeah, met him. He's a lovely bloke. Um, yeah, it's just, but the thing is though, I mean, if you were there, you just walk past them. They're just normal lads, normal blokes, just there to train, play football. That's it. It's uh, it's it's just as simple as that. When people ask and say, "Oh, what's it like?" It's, they're just normal lads. They just have a bit of crack, like a laugh, and just go 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 to train and play. That's it. There's nothing. There's no big crowds around them when they're walking somewhere, and you think, "Oh, no, that's so and so, so and so." They're just on their own. They might have a coffee in their hand or the boots, or whatever it'll be on the phone, and they'll just be walking. And you just say, "All right," and that's it. We don't because so, we've done it for nearly ten years now. It's always been. It's at first I was probably like that, but now you just it's just like going to St George's. Uh, yeah, St George's after ten years of just keep doing it. It's just like your second home sort of things. So you're always there. You just get used to it. So what it like now? I mean, like the game. You obviously got the European Championships next year leading forward. I know he's saying it's progressing all the time what would do you want to like eventually see for the the cerebral palsy game um i just want it to be a, as big as it can be really because it's huge behind the scenes and the staff that they've got doing it um you know promoting the sport and the new pathways that we've got come through the talent ids the days where we're going out and checking players and IDing them and it's just exposing because i know there's lads out there now that they'll be younger than me and might have cerebral palsy and play mainstream football, but might be not embarrassed, but might think, how do I make the leap sort of thing? And we're just saying, just just give us a call. There's all these talent pathways. There's days where you can go and show your talent, showcase days. It's it's days like that. And I want it to be, I think the sport where it is with the teams that are in it can be as big as, you know, the Lionesses are currently. Um, because to get that, It'll be ten. It might take, it might take five years. It might take ten years, but it will be at that point because we're on a we're on a rise for it now, and everybody is so interested in what we're doing or where we're going, where we're playing, and they're stopping stopping asking. Oh, we're like, good luck. I hope you're doing. I, I hope you just win it and stuff. And obviously, the, the cliche is you want to win it, but you you just want to make every one proud and just get another get a you know win another World Cup. But yeah, I mean, for the Euros, it's always a big thing. The same as the World Cup, when we're going to play, it's always a bonus for us to be saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play there." But the more exposure we can get from playing these tournaments, the more it'll drive the popularity of the game up in the sport, especially. I hope there is like young people that, like you say, have been through certain circumstances that you have, Matt. Will listen to this, and I mean, your story is so inspirational. The fact how you bounce back so quick, have managed to get into the international team captain it as well I'm sure there will be someone listening that maybe was losing kind of hope on the, the playing career and it can now see that there is these these avenues you can you can go into and I mean it just shows there always is something for someone to like achieve your dream and I mean look at you captain, captain of England like exactly mate exactly I mean it doesn't matter what disability you have I mean, from mainstream, if you've just lost interest, just there'll be something that sparks it. It's the same as if you're a para footballer. If you if you've got any sort of disability, there'll be a spark. If you're into your football, there'll be a little spark that triggers your interest. And as soon as you get that spark, 
and you keep doing it over and over, that spark will just grow and grow and grow. And then you'll have a fire under you. And it's just exactly what we did. I've had times where after my stroke, I've just felt terrible. And I'm just like, nah. There's times when I've played on a Saturday and I thought oh, I was terrible there. And, and, then, and then you can fall back and say, oh, England international, I play football for England, so I'm all right. But at the same time, that's what you get from all the hard work. But it doesn't just have to meet me. It doesn't have to be the you know the the the, six, the squad of sixteen lads that are playing for England currently in the CP side. It it can be anyone. It can be absolutely anyone. It's we've got a good talent pathway coming through. But even if you lose an interest, it I lost interest and in look where I am. I probably lost interest more than probably anyone who's listening to this. Anyone who's playing football, I was probably the least interested. I'd lost that much interest. I wasn't bothered in the slightest. And I can honestly and on heart say that I was happy to leave, leave football for good. So I was just done with it. But um, yeah, to look where I am now. And that was from me. Just go on, I'll give it a try. I'd never heard of CP football in my life. And obviously the pull of St. George's Park, the home of the England team. So I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try it. And just the fact that you have the opportunity to play where there's other disabled players and you can see their talents and you've got the chance to showcase yourself because you might obviously in the ID pathways you might you might make it to the England camps so yeah it's, I I was probably the least motivated out of everybody and I, I've managed to make it so there's a lot better players with, with mainstream and para footballers better than me out there so hopefully they'll come through and see it Well Matt I think that's a great message to end on I won't take up any more of your time I know you're busy and got to get to your, get your camps so thank you very much for your time and Not a bother at all mate loved it Hopefully here here from from me later on next year maybe back get back on after hopefully England have won the uh, European Championships. Ah <laughs> yeah, it'd be all right, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Not a bother at all, mate. Thanks for having me. Honestly, I've loved it.